Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Episode 26. Wow, I actually bought a drink this week. <laughs> the intro went on so long last week, I was like, I'm going to need something. Well, yeah, I think that's enough. I think that's good. All right, this episode has changed actually. What I originally had planned as our review um, changed Friday night. And um, yeah, when we get to segment two, Why? Uh, we. <laughs> Well, you know, because you watched the match. Uh, oh, yeah. When we get to uh, Cardinals at Dodgers. Uh, from Friday night. But hey, before we get to that... Um, I our, think they would already know what happened. I'm sure most people Because it's obviously going to be on MLB and all over the news. I'm going to assume most people have seen the clips on Twitter, but hopefully we can add in a few extra stats as well. And people want to know your opinion of it as well, though, yeah. so that'll be more important. All right, segment one, things that we've either talked about before or things we've talked about off-air. Uh, go ahead, tell us about your boy. Tell us about Shohei. So, Shohei Otani reached 200... Strikeouts against tonight against the Twins, becoming the first Angels pitcher to do so. The regular season since Jared Weaver in 2010. Were you running around or something? You're completely out of breath. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> it sounds like you're completely out of breath. Um, the reason that really stuck out to me, like Shohei breaks records all the time. Um, the reason it stuck out to me is we've been reading about um, our book on no-hitters and different pitchers, and there was those seasons where different pitchers had um, 300 strikeouts. And I was like, I don't think you realize like how difficult it is to get 300 strikeouts. So as good a season as Shohei's had, twice. he's had 200. Hold, no, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I figured that you would probably ask then, like, what's three. the most number of strikeouts in a season? What's um, the most the number mo- of strikeouts? Well, we know. In the modern- and then I want the least yeah. Well, well, the least would be zero. Uh, the mo- the most who, I knew though. was Nolan Ryan, uh, which was 383, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, but I looked up, and there were some people on this list that I hadn't even heard of before. So um, I don't know if you want to read out the most, if there's any names on there you recognize, but I did print out the, the list for the most. I think number one's worth mentioning, uh, Matt Kilroy, who I'd never heard of before. 513 so i said 300 yes i said 300 was That's crazy gnarly. uh 400's ridiculous 500 i didn't think was even possible uh, um, but look at the number ha- of innings what if pitched, i hit 600 though. you're not pitching you're not getting 600 strikeouts in a year you yes probably, i am you probably won't even throw 600 face 600 batters possibly i don't know that's a lot of people to face um yeah it's crazy um he it threw, could be though, like um a perfect could be a game that goes on like a ton and there's still no um, well you're not getting any strikeouts on if it keeps going on uh he threw 583 innings so we know now it's a five-man rotation and i talked about the fact in the 60s it was like a three-man rotation um i think it pretty much in those days it was a one-man rotation remember the pitcher we talked about last week he pitched every single inning for his team that's ridiculous. So anyway, there was a few people on that list. Uh, second on that list, four ninety nine. Ouch, he missed it by one. Um, these Wait, are all eighteen eighties though. They went so. to the, that, that would be good if they went to the wild card. 
<laughs> I didn't have a wild card then. This is before the World Series. Now, the thing I noticed that stood out from this, though, is their innings pitched is more than their strikeouts. So they average less than one strikeout Wait, per how's inning. Everything but seven... if you go to Nolan Ryan, he had 383 strikeouts in 326 innings. And Sandy Koufax was next on that list. 382 strikeouts in um, 335 innings. Oh, I just realized Sandy Koufax was one off the record. The modern-day era record. Ouch. That's pretty bad as well. I know you know Randy Johnson from that list. I was expecting you to point Yeah, that I out. see it three times. He's a, Yeah, he's there a few times. And um, I think um, Nolan Ryan's there more than once as well. Okay, there's something Kofax. I noticed about the dates. Why is everyone up to 7, 1884? Because that was when they only had one pitcher. <laughs> so they threw more, so they had more strikeouts. That was the. That's why they have modern-day records. Because, like, no one's ever going to beat that record. Like, you just can't... People just don't pitch 583 innings. Like, yeah. I don't even know... I don't even... I'm not even sure anyone's even pitched 200 innings this season. I, I'm not sure. I think... Actually, no, I saw one person had. And, actually, it's a Braves player. I think he said he was the first player to reach 200 innings this season. So, yeah, people just are not going to get close to that. All right, anything else Wait, you wanted to Dad, mention from that list? I only printed pitcher, out the top 20. Both the pitchers are injured, so that I can pitch all of the innings and get 500 strikeouts. And that's not happening. All right, I also saw one other stat as well about your boy. Most home runs by a player with 200 strikeouts in a modern season uh, during the modern era. So in fourth place is Fergie Jackson with... Uh, sorry, Fergie Jenkins, I apologize, with six in 1971. Carlos Zambrano with six in 2006. Earl Wilson with seven in 1966. Don Drysdale with seven in 1965. And then Shohei Otani with 34 in 2022. Um, so, yeah, most home runs by a player with 200 strikeouts in a season during modern era. Uh, he's they, way ahead on home runs. People they, just don't like that at all. It's crazy. All right, second story. Uh, yeah. We talked about this last but week. Why is Pud Galvin on here? Because he's, he's in the top 20 for but, strikeouts in a season. I need to count how many there are from 1884. Well, that's just one year. That's just 1880s. There's a lot, obviously. All right, while you're doing that, I'm going to start the second second one. Um, we talked about last week how um, the first round Seven. of... First round of World Baseball Classic matches had happened. Um, I was going to insert the clip right at the end of the show. You actually mentioned, because I actually listened back to our episodes a few days later. You said that Spain and the Czech Republic were going to qualify for the World Baseball Classic. Spain. Well, on Tuesday was the first one. So whoever won this qualified. And I'd forgotten. Mason had a golf game at school. So I'd totally forgotten. I didn't pick it up until about the seventh inning. I certainly wasn't watching it. And then I was I was actually watching on game day. And then I was like, oh, I could just watch this on YouTube. So I started to watch and um, Great Britain were actually down in this match so after seven innings and I believe the score was 8-6 to Spain um, and then they started to come back a little bit um, they got two runs in the bottom of the seventh anyway going into the ninth inning uh, Great Britain were down by one and they managed to get one run to send it into extra innings and then in extra innings um, they got the final run um, so final score 10 to 9 so Great Britain actually qualified JJ Excited by that? No. <laughs> Since you didn't predict it. Uh, Talk TV on September 22nd. After Great Britain pulls off an epic win against Spain to qualify for next year's World Baseball Classic, the players celebrated by singing God Save the Queen. Wait, Obviously, why? with the Queen dying recently, the anthems yeah. changed to God Save the King. Uh, from the manager, Drew Spencer. Uh, this is from at Caper Beats. Uh, the goal from the beginning was to create a mindset that is no longer okay to be average. We wanted to win ball games, but more importantly, to win in the infinite game. I couldn't be more grateful to everyone who was brought in. 
fearless, selfless, relentless at GB underscore baseball. I guess that's yeah. a little catchphrase. Yeah. I see. I counted five and nine for the runs five and on the nine. box score. Oh, on the box score? Uh-huh. Yeah. They didn't actually, it was so long, they didn't actually fit in the whole score, I don't think. I'm not sure it had every single, oh yeah, it did. Oh no, it didn't. It chopped off the uh, first inning because it went into the tenth inning. And um, from uh, at BR Walkoff, I saw. So then the day and four at ten years, tenth year seniors, uh, September twenty first, Jazz Chisholm confirmed with the Bally Sports broadcast team that he plans to join Team GB Baseball for the World Baseball Classic next month. Chisholm Jazz was on the Chisholm. roster for GB Baseball at the two thousand seventeen World Baseball Qualifier qualifiers in Brooklyn, New York. That's the one that um, Mason and I went to. Uh, he's an infielder for the Miami Marlins. I had to look it up. Jazz Chisholm. Mm-hmm. So I had to. He I look. Does a, he does. He does a floater into first base when he hits a run in there. You know him? Yeah, and then he pretends like he's driving a car going to third. And then he does Euro steps while going to home. Okay. Well, I was wondering. I was like, why is he coming in now? Why didn't he just play in the qualifiers? He's actually injured right now. So that was why. he He's not trying to just get the glory and prefer later. Um, and then afterwards, so with Great Britain qualifying, there was still one more place. Spain went into the, the the next match, so they had to place the Czech Republic again. I think they already played them once. And this was to decide the final qualifier. And Czech Republic won. Woo! So uh, Spain did not make it. So um, I was 50%. <laughs> Well, there was only three teams that could make it anyway at that point, so he didn't do that good. Uh, Michael Clare on MLB.com. This is from uh, Regensburg, Germany. In his day job, Martin Schneider fights fires. On Wednesday night, Schneider put out the red-hot Spain bats in the final game of the Regensburg qualifiers for the 2023 World Baseball Classic, leading the Czech Republic to a 3-1 win that clinched its spot in next season's World Baseball Classic. Um, everyone had to leave the night afterwards, I heard. Wow. Like, the manager is um, a neurosur- neurosurgeon, so he had to get back to his job. Uh, that guy was a firefighter, like, he had to get back to his job. So, yeah, all these people just have regular jobs, so they all had to leave that very next day. I'm not, my geography is not good. I'm not sure how far it is from that town in Germany to anywhere in the Czech Republic, personally, so... But, so anyway, I just wanted to finish that up. The one thing I don't know, though, is where is Britain going to be playing their matches? Some of the qualifiers... Well, it won't be in Britain. Some of the qualifiers are in Asia, and some of them are in Florida. Oh, please be in Florida so I can go. Uh, there's no way I could get time off to go to Japan, I don't think. But I might be able to get... I have five personal days this year, so I could possibly use them to go and see the Great Britain's World Baseball Classic. I want to go to Florida. <laughs> All right, segment two, our review. So Cardinals Dodgers from Friday, September twenty third. Um, the game itself wasn't particularly that exciting, um, but I thought it was important that you saw the score. Now I didn't know what was going on. I was suddenly like, how did I not really know what was going on in this? Um, this was on the Dodgers Stadium, so this is on the West Coast. So their games don't start until like ten o'clock at night, um, our time. Um, Albert Pujols stuck out in the first inning. All right, Jane, tell us about the game. You said you watched the highlights. I watched the highlights as well. I tried to watch the whole game and watch every at-bat, and I tried to watch, like, the celebrations and skip through, but it was on Apple TV, and then when I watched it, the repeat on MLB.com, you couldn't skip. Every time you tried to skip, it went to commercials, and it kept restarting. So I had to just watch the eight-minute highlights that you saw as well. All right, tell us about the game. What do you think? So... I got the box score. Oh, I have the box score, but I didn't share it with you. Alright, perhaps I should give you the box the, score then as well. So in the first, there was a, a one, two, three inning. Yep, Pujols took out. Yeah, and then it was a one, two, three inning again, I think. 
yeah, there's, there's and no then in the in third the inning, um, Albert Pujols hits six ninety nine. Mm-hmm. It was a few yard, few few rows deep on this one as well. Yeah, it was like all the way back in mm-hmm. the I'd say it's first section. Seven or eight rows deep into the outfield. Yep, left yeah. field, definitely yeah. to left field. Yeah. As a right-handed hitter. Yep. And then um, I I forgot which one the. It was um, either the fourth or the fifth inning. I'm the not sure. Seventh. I think it was the fourth inning. I think it was the fifth inning. Okay. Where he got seven hundred. It was to right field, I think. The left field again. Oh. It was the same place. It was the left field. It was about like five rows deep, maybe. Mm. It was right. It was a front row. People on the front row. It's actually there was like a walkway in front. And it, I'm not sure if the person caught it and it fell forward, or they kind of dropped it and it fell forward. Um, I don't know. Um, I couldn't see that because they kind of then focused on Albert's home run shot. Um, anything else from this game? Because if it was after the fourth inning, Cardinals won in 5-0. No. And if it was after the fifth inning, it was 8-0. The rest of the game wasn't that exciting no. at all. They it, absolutely crushed the Dodgers. Uh, they did, and Dodgers have Why the wasn't there a record. mercy rule? Uh, they don't have a mercy rule in MLB. Because fan, fans go to play, uh, pay to go see the game, so they're going to want to... Uh, it also gives them a chance to get extra runs and things like that, so people want to build their stats up possibly as well. No, you got to finish the whole game. Also, if they did that, JJ, that would kind of rest your bullpen, right? So, no, you have to finish your game off, and if it takes lots of pitches, then you might be in trouble the following game. So that's kind of the way it goes for this one. All right, I got some stats from this one. Uh, oh, actually, why don't you tell us Albert's uh, batting line for this one? His stats were phenomenal for this one. What's a at, so he got four at bats? Four at bats, yeah, that's it. You got figured two it out. runs. Mm-hmm. Wait, who's Edmund? That's the leadoff batter. Uh, he had two runs, one hit, and he we don't care about him. Well, it's I, that's why I said Do you want to tell us he about Pujols. He got five. Albert Pujols got five RBI. He did. His seven hundredth was a three-run shot. What's so, BBs? What? What's what? BB. Yes, bases on ball. So yes, Albert Pujols got none. They Wait, didn't walk him. I'd be surprised. So I would want to walk him, now, so he doesn't get seven hundred. Now I don't know this for sure, but I don't know if you. Re- I knew he played for the Cardinals, then he went to the Angels. I kind of forgot he went to the Dodgers for a year as well. I think, um, so he played for the Dodgers before. So I think the Dodgers would be quite happy that they got seven hundred on their own ground. So they might have just been pitching at him. And at this point, they were way down, JJ. They were like five down or eight down. So does it really make any difference? No. Pitch to Albert. You want to see that? You like you're rooting for Albert. Pitch he's like, to Albert. So yeah, they were helping him out. Um, I got a few things for this one. So you said everyone probably knows about this. They probably do, and they might know some of these, but I know you don't. And that's one of the things you said you liked about this podcast, that you get to find out things. All right, we've just been informed. This is from uh, Ben Verlander on Twitter. We just informed by a friend at Dodger Stadium that the guy that caught home run number 700 from Albert Pujols is intending to keep it. He was approached, offers were presented, and then left the stadium with the ball. At least for now, he's holding on to a prized possession. Um, Albert said he was quite okay with that. He said he's got plenty of souvenirs from his career. He's quite happy with the fan keeping it. He, Say, he, do, he doesn't want the ball, particularly. It sell it on him. eBay for for <laughs> $7,000. Uh, I think you've massively underestimated how much these balls are worth. Oh, so, um, sell it for $50,000. We'll I'm not sure how much we talk about it later, but you know Aaron Judge is going for the home run se- single season record as well uh, for the Yankees and the AL record. So the AL record is 61. He hit his 60th one the other day, 
And the fans actually gave it back to Aaron Judge. He got a picture with him. I'm sure he signed him another ball. But I'm sure the 62nd one would be a company, at least 75000 You're way off the mark. A company has already offered $2 million for the 62nd ball, if it happens. So, um, yeah, I think whoever catches that is definitely selling it. Um, you probably don't know this. I know this from uh, from when Barry Bonds set his records. Um, once it gets to serious numbers like that, they use special balls. They have special marks on them. So people can't just claim, oh, look, I caught the ball. No, I caught the ball. No, I caught the ball. Because obviously all the baseballs look the same, right? Yeah. So they have a special mark on them so you'll know which one actually is his 60-second home run when it finally happens. Um, so is... then when he gets to 61, they start pitching special balls? Um, I'm not sure when they're pitching them. They might pitch special ones for 60 as well because 60 was still kind of a significant number. It's still a big number. And 61 would... Uh, Wait, 60 I is the same as base. number it, Dad. So they then do when something. they catch it, mm -hmm. um, they get it. They do something. Um, Jeremy Frank at MLB Random Stats. Albert Pujols' average home run trap, uh, sorry, home run trot over the years has been tracked by Starcast at 26 seconds. If you extend that over his whole career, Albert Pujols has spent just over five hours of his life just running the bases after hitting a home run ball. That's the type of stat that I love. I figured you would like something like that. Wait, I think they should make a stat on how long. They take to swing the bat and then add it all up. Add that up as and well. then they're like, the, he took eight hours swinging a bat in his life. Uh, I'm guessing that's a lot. If he's got five hours just from running the bases. Um, MLB, uh, 22 years in the show. The machine is something else. Hashtag Pujol 700. There's a lot of stats here. Um, he had 466 home runs for St. Louis. 222 uh, for the Angels and 12 while he was with the Dodgers. Um, he only had 12 walk-off home runs. That kind of surprised me. I figured he would have probably had more in his career than that. Um, I guess it has to be a specific point in the game for it to happen. Uh, he has 262 go-ahead home runs. He has 369... What's a go-ahead home run? He means you take the lead after you hit it. 369 road home runs and 331 at home. Uh, 62 homers against Houston. That's the most against any opponent. 120 homers at Bush Stadium. That's the most of any venue. I would have thought it would have been more. Stadium? That's where the Cardinals play. Oh. See, I would have thought out of 700, I would have thought it would have been way more than 120 there. Uh, 34 homers at PNC Park. That's the most of any venue. That's the Pirate Stadium. Uh, he has home runs against 455 different pitchers. That's also a record. 154 first inning home runs. That's the most of any, oh, most of any inning. So he normally gets first, uh, 61 two-run home runs games. And he has had four three-run home games. And after the, um, after reaching 700 home runs, there's only one other player that has 3,000 hits and 700 home runs. Any ideas, Jay? No. Barry Bonds? Barry Bonds has hit 700 home runs, but he does not have 3,000 hits. What? I don't know. Henry Aaron, the all-time home run king. So, yeah, he's in a group of two now. Now, there was one other one that he I thought was... He said one more home run. There was one other stat that I saw from We Don't Know Sports, uh, which said 15 current MLB managers appeared in at least one game as a player with Albert Pujols, which I thought was a crazy stat as well. And you were probably going to go, who is it? So if there's any you want to read out, you can. And if you don't want to comment on any, that's fine as well. I don't know how many of those people you'd even know. Wait. I know most of them. I think there was only two I didn't recognize. 
2001? Yeah, Scott. I don't know Scott Servius, but that was his last game we played with Pujols, so I probably wasn't watching. Seattle's West Coast as well, so I don't really know those teams as well. Detroit? 2002? AJ Hinch. I don't know AJ Hinch. You just picked the two that I don't know. <laughs> all the others I recognize. 2009? Uh-huh. It goes from 2001 all the way up to 2016. Uh, David Ross of the Chicago Cubs was on that list as well. Um, Alex Cora from Boston. I thought you might comment on that one, possibly. All right. No. Aaron Boone of the Yankees, 2009. Who's Kevin Cash? Kevin Cash? Um, hold on. Where are you looking at? I don't even see that name on here. Oh, there. Oh, Tampa Bay. Oh, I just think you found a third name I don't recognize then. I, I'm not sure. I thought he was a GM, to be honest. I must be thinking of somebody else. I'm not sure. Um, 2011, hey. September 7th. Mm-hmm. All right, Is you're that... not that interested in that one. No, I thought it was interesting. I am. <laughs> Who's Mike Matheny? Mike Matheny? Yeah. Mike Matheny is, I believe, I'm not sure if he still is. He used to be the Cardinals manager. I'm not sure if he still is or not. David Bell? David Bell. All right. Is he the owner of Taco Bell? No. <laughs> We're moving on. All right, updates. We actually have the day off tomorrow, JJ, because of a Jewish holiday. So we're actually recording Yay. a little bit later than normal because we never get to record the Sunday games. And anyway, my plan got scuppered because Red Sox-Yankees at 7 p.m. tonight. So um, they, their game's actually started, so I might be able to give a slight update on that game. Yeah, uh, But anyway, see. first of all, our first update is Coppin State, of course. So go ahead, tell us about a couple of tweets from Coppin State this week. Red shirt. <clears throat> no, no. It'll start halfway the down the The first day of team practice in the books, one of 45. Mm-hmm. The fir first day back at the Joe, mm -hmm. of the Joe Cannon Stadium. That's the Mm-hmm. 3.45. Third day of 45 days. Now, I looked up then on, because obviously the season doesn't even start. College starts pretty College starts pretty early. Um, it's like late February, but we're still only in September. So I was kind of curious, like, what's the rules? Like, there's certain rules Wait, when regarding. Does it start? I don't know exactly. They haven't announced the season yet. Anyway, so I looked it up. Sportsrec.com off-season information. Uh, this is all I could find. I looked for ages. It was really difficult. I actually read through a 110-page uh, booklet from the NCAA that explains all the different rules, and I couldn't find it in there either. They tell you the rules for everything, like when a runner is out, like how you have to paint the lines on the field, um, how, how you have to be respectful to the umpire. There's like everything, but I couldn't find this. Anyway, so no raging at the umpires. Sure. The off-season begins at the end of the NCAA baseball championship game. During the summer, student-athletes may not participate in school-sponsored or coach-organized baseball practices. The first preseason practice may take place on the fourth day of class or on a specified date in September, depending on which comes first. All right, time out. So we know that's true because we talked about different people playing for different teams over the summer. So um, off the top of my head, the only one I can remember right now is Corey Miley played for the Cincinnati team. But we know that we talked about different players throughout the season. Um... Let me carry on. Uh, during this part of the off-season, teams must take at least one day off from practicing per week. Well, that means they can practice four days a week? Or does that mean they can practice six days a week? At that part, I'm still not sure. Practices include weight training, conditioning, and practicing skills and team plays. The off-season is an opportunity for mental and physical recovery. Athletes can also use the time for strength training and conditioning to reduce injuries when official practices begin again, according to Nyack College. Baseball players in the NCAA can take advantage of the forced time away from their regular team 
and practice to improve their own skills. NCAA rules and regulations allow baseball players to play on independent amateur teams without restriction, and that's exactly what we saw. Now, I know you asked me before about um, what a redshirt player was, so I actually found something out, but it said there was a mention of a redshirt junior, and that's what you were about to read, JJ, so go ahead. Tell us about the redshirt. Redshirt junior division one baseball players have five years to complete their four seasons of eligibility. Mm -hmm. Players at Division Two and Division Three schools have ten semesters and fifteen quarters to complete their four years. The clock starts when they first enroll at a two or four year school. At some point, a player may many may take a season off for competitive reasons such as roster crowding slash skill developer or injury this is called a red shirt year Mm -hmm. it all it allows him to sit out and remain in the program without wasting one of his four seasons so if you want to play for four years in college you can you have five years to do it so if you sit out that one year that's that red shirt year red shirt year so that's why people Wait, what use if that they get during, injured again for another year? then that's unlucky that's just the way it goes you only can do it once so that's why people use that during that covid year when there wasn't many games that's why so many of the players on that copping team are listed as a red shirt when we read through them before and you kept saying hey what is that now the the one other phrase on here i thought was interesting the roster crowding thing so like doesn't mason, mean there's too much people um kind of but it's more specific so like mason when he's going to start wrestling um he has somebody at his school who's already like i think wrestled at the states in his weight division so right now mason has no chance of getting past that person unless he goes up a weight or goes down a weight um so if it was a college then he might go well I'm, what's the point in wasting a year when i'm not going to wrestle anyway he could redshirt and then wait till that person graduates. Wait, and then can Mason redshirt it? No, because he's in high school. <laughs> it's not college. Well, I guess he could fail a year in high school and then repeat the year, but he's not doing that. It's more serious once you get to college, obviously. But I thought that was good to kind of clear that part up for you. Wait, but you what if you want to go to college then? Well, when he goes to college, then that's a little different. That's why they have redshirting. Sometimes you might just be a, you might be that one person that I don't know plays a. Let's suppose in your quarterback, and then suddenly you're behind. You turn arrive at that college, and then Joe Burrow's there at the same college. Like uh, bad luck. So yeah, they do it so you get the chance. Or to Lamar get Jackson's a running back, and you're a running back. Well, he's a quarterback, but yes, he could be a running back too. He could. You he's get, insane at running. You get the idea. All right, there but is. But he's some, horrible at passing. There is. <laughs> he's not horrible at passing. I saw a stat today because everyone says that the Bills quarterback is really good, Josh Allen. Uh, His winning percentage is lower than Lamar Jackson's. Uh, It was like 42 and 21 for Josh. uh, And he actually lost against the Dolphins today. Woo! I'm high-fiving myself because I know you're not going to. And uh, Lamar Jackson was like 42 and 18. So he actually has a better record. So he's not a bad thrower at all, but he gets a reputation as that. All right, I saw one more thing about Coppin State. It's because he runs too much. If we'd have recorded it on normal time, we would have missed this because I I saw it at 5 p.m. today. So I saw this on their website. Coppin State website at 5 p.m. Sunday. Ashley Roman broke the school record for career digs. As Coppin State's volleyball team held for a 3 2, 25 to 12, 25 to 16, 24 to 26, 22 to 25, 15 to 5, MIAC victory. You said MIAC, yes. MEAC victory over North Carolina Central on Sunday afternoon at Peck Arena with the win. See us. 
CSU per improves to 11-7 on the season and 2-0 in little in league play. Little league play. <laughs> while North Central, now while North Carolina Central falls to two and ten uh -huh. with the one one. MEAC record. So actually, Coppin State could Did have closed this out, to be honest. I thought so, but no, she didn't come in. Um, it, they won the first two sets, and then they only needed to win one more set, but unfortunately they didn't, so it went to a final set. Um, do you know what a dig is? No. It's when they get on the ground and they scoop the ball back up again. So they like dive to knock the ball back up, keep the ball in play. Um, so then they dive, knock it up, and then so, they lean back and well, they can't pass it, again. it to another person. It's to another player, yeah. They keep the play alive. Um, Ashley's obviously a senior. If you're senior, if you've got the most number of digs, obviously you're towards the end of your career anyway. Uh, but yeah, there's still a lot of games left. Um, I'm assuming she's going to smash that record. I don't know exactly what how many it was, uh, but it'll be interesting to see Where how much the further. MAC? Um, no, just a Coppin State record. Oh. Um, I don't know what the, the MEAC record is. Uh, uh, I'm sure you're going to want me to look it up. I'm sure you're going to want me to look that one up And then I went down to see what the NCAA record is. Um, Mason and I, actually, this is a long time ago, um, when we used to go, we used to go to Maryland volleyball games. I can't remember why. I think it was, I think it was part of the, I don't know, we went for some reason, we went and we enjoyed it. Because it was closer? It well, yeah, I guess it is, um, and we really enjoyed it. Oh, it's because they were it's because they were ranked as well. I think they were really good, if I remember correctly, at that time. And we were at the game when their senior set the record for digs because they paused the game and they actually gave her a shovel. I said, I'm not want something. I'd not even thought about that when I was writing my notes for this. But it should right. be golden. Orioles, go ahead. You can tell us about this week, and then you can tell us about who they got coming up. Um, in case you don't realize, Jay, I don't know what JGB is going to do in a few weeks' time. Next week is the last full week of the season. After that, there's only three more games. Football! So, yeah, you might be doing that. Although your brother doesn't seem too keen on doing a football podcast, so I don't know. Dad will have to do it with me. I don't have to do anything with football. I don't have to. Yeah, I can All do right. it myself. Come on. You could do that as well. Yeah. Okay, so the Orioles lost 11-0 to against Detroit. Mm -hmm. They lost 3-2 to against Detroit. Mm -hmm. They went... Eight to one against Detroit. They mm -hmm. went two to one against Houston. Two to oh. Two to nothing uh -huh. against Houston. Six to zero against Houston. They lost eleven to ten. Ow. Unlucky against Ow. Houston. Now I mentioned I think Kyle uh, Kyle Bradish. I think through I think he was like another two hitter. Wait, were again. we watching that game? No, no but listening. I told, I told no, but I told you about it. And then the next day, uh, Kramer. I can't remember his first name. I think he threw like a five hitter against Houston. So the Houston didn't even get a run for two days, and they had the best record in the AL at that point, I believe. At that. Oh yeah, they're and still trying to get hundred. We listened to this when we came back from the wrestling. And um, you fell asleep anyway, and the signal kept cutting out, so I switched it off. And I assumed they were going to win easily, and then Houston got four in the ninth, and um, yeah, no. They didn't win. They lost 11-10. I got some more bad news for you. I just looked up uh, Sunday's game. They just lost again in, I think it was either 10 or 11 innings. It looked like they got three or four in the 10th or 11th. So, now, unfortunately, Houston got the split on the series. All right, coming up, who they got next week? So, unfortunately, that loss now, those two losses, JJ, Saturday and Sunday, I don't think the wild card would have been tough anyway, but I think it's almost impossible now. They're going to be like four or five games out. They got Boston, 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 New York, New York, New York. All on the road as well. 
Wait, why didn't you? Forget? Three of them are on ESPN Plus. Dad forgot the ticket prices. No, I didn't. I found a way of getting both things on the same lot page so we could save paper. Um, I got from uh, Anthony Castro Vince. I think this was on uh, MLB JJ, uh, MLB.com. Never in history has a team lost 110 games or more. That's what happened to the Orioles last year. And posted a winning record the very next year. So already they're doing really well. Okay, um, I think their record now is 79 and 73, I believe. Only five teams have won at least 70 games a year after losing 110. Uh, the 1936 Bees, the 70 Expos, the 2004 the Tiger, um, Boston Bees, that's what they were called, and they don't exist anymore. The 05 Diamondbacks and the 14 Astros. So this is kind of unusual anyway to be this successful. And according to the Elias Sports Bureau, the O's are already the first team ever to win more than 70 games after losing 100 or more in each of the previous three full seasons. You picked a good year to follow the Orioles, JJ. They were not... It's never uh, happened before you, that they've done that well. We're already following them. Because uh, they're close. Eh, kind of, but this year you've definitely made following them a lot closer. All right, tell, them about the, tell me about the Red Sox, if you have to. They won 5-3 to three against Cincinnati. That's probably enough. You probably don't need to do any more. But they've lost 5-1 <laughs> to one against Cincinnati. They lost 5-4 to four against the Yankees. They lost five to four against the Yankees. They lost seven to four, seven to five against the against the Yankees. And Sunday's game is going on right now. Baltimore, it was zero, Baltimore, zero. Hold on, hold on. It was zero zero when I looked. They only out of three games, they only went behind by four runs. That's kind of painful, but hey, they have Baltimore. We know that because you Baltimore, Baltimore, Toronto, uh, Toronto, Toronto, and Toronto. Now that might help you get back into the wild card. If the Red Sox could sweep Toronto, that might actually help you a little bit. But I think right now you're probably in trouble. Uh, Ian Brown of MLB.com reported. With a team trying to stage a rally in the top of the ninth inning at Yankee Stadium, I think this was Friday night, down by two runs, Red Sox manager Alex Cora heard Yankees fans chanting, Let's go Red Sox! Let's go Red Sox! Alright, JJ, any guesses why? (laughs) I thought that was a good little trivia question. It's something we already talked about earlier. Give up? Wait, I gotta think. (laughs) Alright, I'm giving you the answer. Were they traders for the Yankees? No, they were not traders for the Yankees, but I like how you're thinking. Um, No, these were Yankees fans hoping Boston could score two in the top of the ninth, which meant the game would go to extra innings, and in the tenth inning, Aaron Judge would get one more bat, so he could try and get home run number 61 and tie the AL record. So that's why they were rooting for the Red Sox. Did they get interviewed after uh, no, it was they interviewed Alex Cora about it though. Um, I saw that. I thought that was because I was like, "What on earth? Why would Yankees?" See, I thought they were being sarcastic to begin with, and I was going to add that. No, they weren't being sarcastic either. Um, Aaron Judge is homeless in the last four games, actually, so he's still stuck on sixty at the time of recording, at least. Anyway, actually, I actually have MLB.com open right now. No, it's still zero zero, and they're in the bottom of the third. Oh, Yankees have two on, though, and one out. Ugh. Hit up, Bob. Hit uh-huh. up, Bob. All right, let's get to Wait, our last yes. section, JJ. All right, this is perfect. This week in baseball, I kind of only have one segment for you this week, JJ. Normally, I have several stories, but I'm most excited about this. Uh, anyway... Um, Aaron Judge, who we mentioned earlier, now he's not only well, he's been he's way ahead in the home runs. 
He's actually raised his batting average as well. He's now in position to win the Triple Crown. He's actually winning all three categories. So first question, do you know what the Triple Crown is? Yes. Okay, so what's the three categories? Batting. Batting average, yep. Um, OPS. Nope. Slugging. Nope. What? <laughs> One On base? for three. On base, no. <laughs> you have no idea. Uh, home runs and then... Home runs, correct. And... RBIs is the other one. So, oh, come on! So, um, he's just ahead. Actually, it's a Red Sox player who was tied with him for a little bit. Um, it was Xander Bogarts. They're both on, like, about 316, 317. Unfortunately, in one of the games they played this week against the Yankees, Xander went 0 for 5. And Aaron Judge, uh, I think, was 0 for 2, but he had two walks, which doesn't count until the run at bat. So, Aaron Judge is now leading the uh, batting average. So... I didn't realise if you realised how rare it was to get a triple crown, so I, I figured you were going to ask as well, who's had a triple crown? Um, I didn't realise Miguel Cabrera was 10 years ago. Wow, I would have guessed that was about four years ago. That would have been a terrible guess, but do you want to have a look at some of the other players who won a triple crown? Yeah. There's some pretty big names. Oh, there's some pretty big names on here. Let's see how many of those you recognise. Probably most of them. Yes. Yes. <laughs> do you want to share yes. them, though, for the yes. purposes of an audio yes. podcast? Yes, yes. Yes. Probably don't know the 1933 one. Mm, oh, actually, two people did it in the same year, JJ. I never noticed that. Wait, The American how? League and the National League. Wow. Oh. Jimmy Fox for the Athletics. I mean, I thought Jimmy Fox was a Red Sox player. I didn't even know he played for the Athletics. And Chuck Klein, who I've never heard of for the Phillies. Wow, both players did it in the same season. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Anything else you want to share from that list, or you just want to go, um, yeah? So they have Miguel Cabrera, your Scrunches. Yeah, it was like fifty. It was over. It's like fifty years in between somebody um, getting that record. Well, I guess it was forty-five, but um, yeah, it was a long time before anyone won a triple crown after Colin Stramski. Frank Robinson, mm, Mickey Mantle, one. Ted yeah. Williams, Ted Williams, mm -hmm. Lou Gehrig, and literally we don't know anyone else. Roger Hornsby is very famous. He had two for the Who's Cardinals. That? Now you skipped nineteen thirty-seven. Was oh. there a reason why? Or did you just not see Because I one? don't know him. Oh. Um, I, the name itself, I don't recognise him by that. Joe Medwick, um, his nickname was Ducky. So they used to call him Ducky Medwick, and he hated that name. So guess what everyone used to call him? Ducky Medwick. <laughs> so I don't, Joe Medwick looked really weird when I saw it. But I was like, oh, that's Ducky Medwick. So yeah, I, that's about the only thing I know about him. He was a really good player. I'm pretty sure he's a Hall of Famer. Um, I got one stat about Ted Williams. I might have told you this before. The he's two frozen years, in a... In a cryonics lab? <laughs> he is, but that's not the fact Under I was going to share. That's not the fact I was going to share. The two years he won the Triple Crown, he did not win the MVP. That's ridiculous. That's, that's what? All, that's all After the, the second one, he definitely deserves an MVP. That's ridiculous. He what? did win some, but the journalists didn't like him, so he didn't get it. Wait, why did he... When did he get an MVP? I don't remember the years he had an MVP. All right, the gap between Aaron Judge's major league leading home run total of 60 and his next closest competitor, the Phillies' Kyle Schwarber, is how many? 20. Correct, he had 40. Yes. Uh, the only other player in history to lead the rest of the major league field by at least 20 home runs was... Barry Bonds. Babe Ruth. 
Uh, the Bambino's largest margin was 35. Wow. How I'm guessing that was Barry the year Bonds? he got 60. I don't know for Barry Bonds. Uh, the biggest margin oh, for anyone not named Babe Ruth, though, was Jimmy Fox's 17 homer lead atop the MLB rankings in 1932. Now, the reason there's only one story this week, JJ, is um, there was an article that had, I thought I'd written down the name. Oh, no, I didn't write I meant to credit the person. Uh, it was on MLB.com, so I'm hoping that's sufficient. Um, talked about some cr 22 crazy stats from 2022. And a lot of them featured Aaron Judge. But a lot of these was like, oh, that book that you enjoyed reading and guessing the stats? I can just change it and tell you the thing, and you've got to tell me how many. So we're going to play that. All right, first one then. Uh, most multi-home run games in a season. Aaron Judge currently is tying this record with Sammy Sosa and Hank Greenberg. Most multi-home run games in a season. You know what multi-home run means, right? Okay. Twelve. Ooh, really close. 11. 11. No. Um, Wait, do one... I get points for being at least within two? <laughs> you can keep score however you like. I'm not doing that. I'm just I get half that. a point. Where the, um, this one I just got to read to you because I thought this was crazy. Where the Dodgers rank in the NL in runs scored and in runs lab, they're first in both. They've scored 799 runs at the time of this report, which is the most in the NL, and they've given up the fewest runs, 474. If they can remain in that position for the remainder of the year, they'll become the first team in history to lead, lead a league in both categories for five straight seasons. I was impressed it was just one straight season, to be honest, five straight seasons, topping the previous mark of the Yankees from 1936 to 1939. So yeah, Dodgers are crushing it this year. All right, fewest sacrifice bunts in a season. You know what a sacrifice bunt is, right? So yeah, they bunt it, and like, it goes to the outfield uh -huh. so somebody can... Uh -huh. I'm not talking about one team. I'm talking about the whole of Major League Baseball. Oh. So there's 30 teams for starters. This is going to be a tough one because it's going to be obviously be kind of a big number. All right, quick 50. guess. 53. 53 for 30 teams. You're not even close. Uh, the fewest bunts in a season is 766, which happened what? last year. However, there have only been 352 sacrifice bunts this season, and there's only about 10 days left in the season. So I think that record's going to get smashed. A new record has been set in each of the last three full seasons, so it's going down. Do um, you have any idea why it's so low this year? No. There is a good reason why. Normally, Do you know which people normally do sacrifice bunts? <laughs> the people who can't hit. Uh-huh. At who's, all. Who's not normally very good at, at batting. Like, they literally can't hit at Who's normally not very good at batting? Because normally you won't... Wait, is it the person, Why like, would you... behind? The person Catch who, it? like, hits singles very often? It could, so they can hit it a single. It could be. And that, then the sacrifice... Point. It could be. Uh, normally it used to be pitchers. But now pitchers don't have to bat anymore. This season was the first year that pitchers don't have to bat in the National League. Now the National League has a designated hitter. So it makes sense that that record has fallen so many. But they just but now I... got it in... A... Designated hitter. Hitter. Yeah, National League's always had a, a pitchers have always had to bat. So what you do is, you know, you, like you said, they're not very good batters. So what do you do? You make sure your runners advance at least, right? So they'll give themselves up. All right, next stat. Um, the most teams. Dad, you need to talk to Shohei Otani because <laughs> they're not bad. Most, with the exception of Shohei Otani, most teams a seven plus run start has been allowed by a pitcher in a season. So, uh -huh. a, a pitcher's given up seven runs for a team or more. 
how many teams has that happened to? Different teams has they given up a seven plus run start to? It's kind of a confusing stat. All right, I'll tell you, here's three. Uh, Dallas Kirchall, and I've seen him, I think I've seen him give up all, the, all these ones as well because I was watching some of these. Uh, White Sox, when he was pitching for the White Sox at the Guardians, he gave up over seven runs. He was traded to the Diamondbacks on July oh. 12th, gave up, uh, same thing, more than seven to the Giants. And then he was traded to the Rangers um, on August 12th, and he was um, he was pitching for the Tigers against the Red Sox. I actually saw definitely saw most of that game, I know for sure. Um, that's never happened to any other pitcher in history before. And it's, this guy was a Cy Young Award winner as well. So he's having a really bad year right now. All right, next one. Most times a I didn't team... understand what the question was. I figured. That's why I told you. Most time a team has been hit by a pitch during a season. So we're not talking individual player. We're talking about, like, say, the Orioles. Like, how many times have the Orioles been hit by a pitch during the season? The most? Uh-huh. Most times in history. This year is the record. Uh, the Mets. It happened this week. Because I saw the um, the manager actually called for the ball after he got hit by the pitch. And you know how they save famous balls, like 700 home runs or whatever? He actually asked for the ball that broke the record for the most times hit during a pitch. Um, 15. 15? Jeez, no, not even close. 106. What? Um, it's the most in the majors this year by 16, and it's a modern era record. I thought uh, it would be, like, low, because, like, it happens not very often. With 11 games remaining, the Mets could become the first team to be hit by 110 or more pitchers since the 1899 Baltimore Orioles. Uh, you're right, yeah. it doesn't happen very often. So even th- how many times it's happened for this team, it's only about once every second game, or probably a little bit more than that. Um, current lowest on base percentage in the major leagues. On base percentage? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. OBP. Oh. I'm not sure if this is an easy one for you to know. Like, Three. you know, batting average. Huh? Three. Three. No, no, no. 281. The A's on base percentage. Lower. The franchise. Well, they get bases on balls as well. The fra- I thought it would have been lower as well, to be honest. I thought it would have been a little bit lower than that. The I franchise that like taught three. the broader baseball world to pay attention to this stat now is tied for the second worst single season on base percentage in the live ball era. Only the 1965 Mets, who had 277, got on base less frequently. Um, I'm going to be paying attention to the A's <laughs> to see how many. Uh, See how often they actually get on base. All right, next one. Mo- they have like two fans. This, <laughs> this is obviously because of Aaron Judge, I think, partially. Most major league players to wear a number in the 90s in a season. Two. Nope, 24. And that's this season. Um, to give you the recent records, JJ, 2017, there were four players. They all won 99. 2018, it was seven. 2019, it was nine. 2020, it was 15, and 2021, it was 19. Um, also, the Yankees have a real problem as well. The Yankees have 22 jersey numbers retired. Uh, they they retired Paul O'Neill this year, so they're kind of running out of numbers. Uh, they have five people in the 90s. Estevan Florial, 90. Oswald Peraza, 91. Osvaldo Cabrera, 95. 99. Uh, Ron Marinaccio, 97. 99. And Judge, number 99, of course, as well. So, yeah, I guess we see it more often than uh, we actually thought. Um, they're the only ones I had, JJ. I tried to pick out... The, now, I know that wasn't the 22. I didn't want to steal the whole article, but I wanted to pick out ones I thought that were fun. And you Dad, how about the out. Orioles ones? What about the Orioles ones? They, Did they have any? Yeah, this was just from the article. I thought there was. I thought these were cool stats, and I hadn't seen anywhere else. So I thought they were. I thought they were worth sharing. So, all right, that's it for this week. I guess I get to play the outro. Oh no! Looked like you were more interested in doing something else. With the cat basket on my head as well. For some reason.
because it looks like a sumo hat. No, uh -huh. boxing hat. Uh-huh. <laughs>